this morning the sense of relaxed attention, being at ease with whatever conditions you're experiencing. Uh, this does not mean approving, but not making a problem, complicating anything. So just uh, being the knowing rather than somebody who's got to solve a problem or get something or change something. This uh, subject-object, recognize that this uh, realm we're living in is conscious realm, so it's uh, a realm of knowing and being in this position, like uh, the body, this body that I call mine, sitting here, it's a conscious form. sensitive, so what I'm doing is I'm reflecting on the way it is, so consciousness is like this, then aware of how the senses operate, the experiences through the six senses and the objects of senses. The objects of the senses uh, have qualities. Uh, uh, pleasant, unpleasant, right, wrong, good, bad, desirable, undesirable. <coughs> so that they, these, of course, affect consciousness. Now, when we're not aware, then we tend to just uh, we identify with this, with our reactions of liking, disliking, wanting, not wanting. So then we're caught into the desire realm of just being reactive to sensory impingement, uh, to memories, and we we have a retentive memory, so we we can remember things from the past <coughs> of. Uh, unpleasant memories, disappointments, betrayals, humiliations of the past, we can remember in the present. So that's also sensitive because it, we feel <coughs> we, can, we can get very uh, distraught, very angry over something that happened 20 years ago. But if we put our recognize our true nature is the knowing of the way it is rather than the reactions, emotional reactions, then we we see the pointlessness, the unnecessary suffering we create when we when we're just caught in in identifying with the 
sensory reactions we're having and being overwhelmed by our preferences, likes, dislikes. So the aim of the meditation is to recognize this. Keep referring back to this still point. The here and now, just in terms of experience is always here and always now. The way it is, and the 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 mood or the uh, conditioning of your mind, the emotional uh, conditioning, the thoughts, memories are like this: arising, ceasing, beginning, ending. The self-view is uh, beginning, you can notice that it is a created state, not the true subject, the self that we regard, you know, that we tend to think of as myself, <coughs> is, is a creation, not, it has no ultimate reality. So in the developing this, we have what they call the four stages, um, which are the like the sotapanna, which means stream entry. This is uh, the first stage where the the meditator recognizes, realizes the path. Knows the, you know, this is beyond a doubt. And uh, then they, then the, from that on, uh, the, from there on, that uh, the more subtle and um, forms of energies and karmic experience are seen and relinquished. So where an arhant would be is one who's free from all delusion. But for the to realize the stream or the path, then we have to let go of all the artificial conditions we create after we're born. We have to see them. We have to know what they are, such as the first, they have these, these four stages and the ten fetters. So the fetters that bind us to the world, to the delusions. First one is uh, called Sakya Ditti, which is the personality view. They've been pointing to that, how we create our personality. They call it ego, personality view, Pali Sakya Ditti. A view of myself as a as a body and a person attachment to memories 
and so forth is uh, this you're not born with and wasn't born with with the thinking process in action but as when I was born there was consciousness there was a body and it was conscious so Sakyaditi is something we acquire after we're born it's you know you 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 have you're given a name you're told what you are <coughs> a girl or boy you're told uh, this is your mother and father this is your class identity your religion your race your ethnic identities the preferences prejudices biases of your parents you acquire And we form a sense of uh, ourself, you know, or we, and in co competitive societies, we're usually caught into, uh, you know, the winner, the the best, the prettiest, the most intelligent. Uh, these are the superlatives, and then we we identify ourselves as, you know, comparing ourselves to oftentimes the. Uh, is considered what is praised and what is considered the best. So we form a sense of ourself according to uh, these these qualities of good, better, best, bad, worse, worst. So Sakyaditi is uh, is the first fetter, and, uh, and therefore how to really uh, observe this. You know, so it's not a matter of just suppressing any sense of self or fighting against the self, but really noticing it. What, what do we mean by sakyaditi or ego or personality view? So then, you know, if you experiment, investigate this, then you, to create yourself as a person, you have to think. You know, we're talking about here and now, Pachubana Dhamma. Uh, you know, I, I can assume I'm Ajahn Sumato all the time. That's an assumption. <coughs> but in terms of experience, now we're using Sati Sampachanya, in terms of experience, now, assuming I'm Ajahn Sumato all the time is an assumption I'm making now. So, you know, I was Ajahn Sumato yesterday, and the day before yesterday, and then I, when I was asleep in my kuta, I was still Ajahn Sumato, and I'm Ajahn Sumato here, and I've been Ajahn Sumato for many years. And so this is attachment to, this is, this, I wasn't born with this name, Ajahn Sumato. <laughs> In fact, I didn't get it till I was over 30. <laughs> so, but the assumption, and it's, a, it's a words, it's a name, On a conventional level, there's nothing, you know, conventionally it's a useful, 
it gives me an identity in the society but as a as a continuous assumption as an i you know as if this is what i really am then then this is a delusion because when you really observe the way it is this particular name ajahn sameto is uh when the conditions for this name to arise, then it comes. It's not permanently situated in my consciousness. Now this is just observing the way it is. You can assume that maybe it's latently lying there in my brain all the time. That there's a kind of thing called, you know, kind of condition, mental condition in my brain. Uh, that that is latently lying there uh, on a permanent basis, uh, and that's another assumption, isn't it? And if you really observe how just things when when the conditions for this name to occur, then it then it then it it comes into consciousness, so it begins arises and ceases. When there's no Ajahn Sumato, then what am I? So this is, we, c- we can become, you know, really, um, you know, clinging to identities because we have to label ourselves, cling to to memories and to accomplishments or uh, that in order to feel like I am somebody. Because the reality is there's nobody there. There's consciousness. And somebody then arises and ceases according to conditions. So then personality wise, you know, if you're you know, the the dualistic structure of conditioning in the society you're rewarded for being a good boy obeying mommy and daddy, uh, working hard in school, getting good grades, you get praised by the teachers, <laughs> and uh, you find out that this is, you know, if you want to get along the society, you, you've got to, you know, please the, the authorities, because they, they've got power over you. And then, then if you're a bad boy, naughty boy, uh, don't study, <coughs> fail in school, and you know, you know you're looked down on, you're scolded, uh, punished. There's reward and punishment. We, we, you know, this is how we form our personalities, isn't it? Our identities. So this is all, you know, this is when you observe when you listen to your personality you begin to to see it you have to create yourself to be a person sakyaditi is a is a creation so just thinking i am ajahn Sumato, i'm creating that that's not natural condition that's artificial isn't it it's a human creation 
and uh, and then uh, the sense of I am, you know, my body. I am a boy. I am a this and that, whatever identities. Good boy, bad boy. Lovable, unlovable. Worthy of respect, unworthy. These these come and go according to condition. So we form a sense of our self-worth, respect, lack of respect, through thinking. So thinking is another artifice, isn't it? We're not born with thoughts. So we learn that language. We acquire language after we're born. So, so language itself, you know, you think you have to have language. So, you, uh, so then you have to learn. You know, you pick up the language of your parents. You go along, so you, that's acquired. And so, language and culture, uh, cultural conditioning. All these these are the uh, conditions from the human realm that human beings create. Isn't it? They're not. We aren't born with them. The natural conditions that we're born with is the body. It's it's a natural condition. Consciousness, feeling. We is sensitive. Are the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, sensitivity, instinctual intelligence, like a baby. You know, is not stupid or. It's it's, in, it's it's intelligent. Instinctually, it knows. You know, it, it it when it's hungry, it knows how to let you know that it is. Knows how to uh, suckle the breath, drink milk, things like this. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's not a cultural conditioning program. It's a nature. So these are. These are reflecting on just the way it is in nature-wise, survival, uh, instinct, and then what cultural conditioning is. So the first three fetters are the are the obstructions to stream entry or blocking, you know. As long as we don't understand these three fetters, we can't see the path. We can't see the the middle way or the or the way of liberation, because we're living in a world of artifices. <coughs> a sense of myself, separate person, my cultural conditioning, and my and my own thoughts, memories, unquestioned unrecognized, just operating from a program that I've acquired through the conditioning process. So then the awakening, this is suddenly recognizing there's something inadequate in all this, something missing in being just a personality in the cultural conditioning and the way I think and uh, the the way I react to to contingencies, this uh, you you know you're where something isn't you know something missing, something lacking. 
So this is what brings us to meditation or trying to find a way to deal with this suffering, this inadequacy. So like Sakya Ditti is a personality view, Sila Bhattabharamasa is a <coughs> attachment to conventions, to cultural conditioning. And Vichikita, the third, is a doubt, which is the result of thinking. So if you're a thinker and you're attached to thinking, you always end up being a doubter. So trying to solve the, the you know, trying to understand Dhamma through just thinking about it, you'll never be quite sure. Even though it's a, intellectually it's very, very good, just by being caught into the thinking process, just thinking is an acquired condition, acqui- an acquired condition. So it's in itself you have to recognize its limitation. Thinking can only take you so far, and then you have to, you know, it can, it's not a liberating condition. So you have to understand, look at thinking, observe it, know it. The conditioning, cultural assumptions you're making about yourself and the world and society and the sense of yourself as a separate personality. So one way of investigating this is deliberately thinking. You know, so I, I'm deli- I'm because I can operate just from the assumption I'm Ajahn Sumedho and under all conditions and uh, just believe that assumption and operate always from that, never question it. When, and then in, uh, when in the reality of this moment, I start, you know, I, uh, what, uh, one way of investigating uh, Sakya Ditti or personality view is really making yourself into a person quite intentionally. So I think, you know, I'd listen to myself thinking, I am Ajahn Sumato. I am, you know, so I'd be listening to myself thinking, to my identities. I'm Ajahn Sumato all the time. And Ajahn Sumato means that I'm a teacher. Ajahn means teacher. So I'm a teacher all the time, even when I'm asleep. I'm <laughs> and I'm the abbot of Amaravati Monastery all the time, even when I'm asleep. And so all the identities, you know, the conventional identities are you know, made very conscious, and then you can take them to absurdity. You know, I'm Ajahn Sumato, no matter what, is, uh, you know, is kind of funny. It's it's absurd when you really think it out. But listen, not, but just to observe, to bring into consciousness a lot of assumptions we're making that we we aren't aware of.
or I am a, a Buddhist monk all the time, you know, so then I'm, I've got to be a living example to the society I'm living in, a perpetual, unrelenting, perfect example of Buddhist monk all the time. It's an assumption I used to make, you know. So you get so w- with that assumption on questions, you after a while you get pretty fed up with being a Buddhist monk because it's a burden, isn't it, to always feel your duty is 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 to always act perfect for everybody all the time. Makes you want to scream. <laughs> Uh, say you know, observing how me and mine work, the sense of me. You know, what about me? Have you considered my feelings? You're living in a community and it brings up that strong sense of me a lot, you know. You didn't consult me when you made that decision. My opinion is very important. And my feelings, you know, I feel very kind of dismissed by you when you don't consult me. <laughs> and we get a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> now deliberately thinking this way is to put it into a context of, you know, like when when I think the word me, it's, it's a kind of, you know, it brings up this sense of me, I'm important. Me as a person, my opinion, what I think is terribly important. And and I want you to know that, or I can think my opinion is of no account. Don't you know? I'm just a nobody. Just a you know. I'm the least important member of this community. If you don't want to con- ask me, it's all right. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> But the point is you can you intentionally, but you're the, the purpose is not to believe these, but to observe this which knows this sense of me and mine, my body, my life, my rights, my duties, is like this. And that which is aware of that, you know, so you're you're putting your emphasis on being the knowing of your thinking process. So it's not a matter of of whatever thoughts come up, or or you know, doesn't matter. You, you're, the point is that you're observing them as conditions arising, ceasing, rather than believing in in what they're saying. Or disbelieving, it's just what they are, what they are. Now this awareness then doesn't say me, doesn't, uh, isn't an abbot of a monastery. It's not 
male or female. Not a Buddhist monk. This is pure awareness, consciousness. Knowing these conventions. So being a Buddhist monk is a convention. Being Ajahn Sumedho is a convention. Uh, the sense of my importance. I'm, I'm an important person or an unimportant person. This is, you know, these are, way, these are emotional attitudes, assumptions we make in relationship to others or the society. So observing this, being the knowing, not the critic, not the believer, you began to to have more confidence in being the knowing rather than than uh, being always taken over by the sakyadithi or the personality view. So then the Sakyaditi, you create it with, uh, with memory and thoughts. I was in Thailand last week. That's a memory now, isn't it? I had a eye treatment in Bangkok. I remember they put these drops in my eye, my right eye, and they sting. That's a memory. Now, that's a memory. I can remember what happened last week, but that's now. And then the, then the, then the sense of it happened to me and, and my body, my eyesight, my age. This, this year I'll be 72 years old. That's a, that's a perception in the mind, isn't it? Identifying in me, I'm a person who's 72 years old. It's, uh, that's conventionally, that's all right. But I mean, as an identity, it's that which is aware of identifying with the age of the body. That's conditioned. And then knowing then is, uh, is, is, is pure intelligence. It's not culturally, it's not like you, you have to go to university. And, you know, it's, a, it's universal intelligence. You're using your panya or wisdom. So you're noticing, discerning that all conditions that arise cease (coughs) and that the self-view is a convention that you create and it it is nothing, you're not dismissing it as as, uh, something bad or wrong but putting it in its proper place so you because the suffering is believing I am this person, this body, <coughs> assuming that it's me all the time, clinging to my memories and and being caught in my emotional habits without any any understanding is suffering. Mm. 
So then awakened awareness, consciousness, reflection on the way it is, breaks down the ignorance, breaks through the avicca or ignorance. So you, you know, it's a, it's a relief not to be a person, a permanent person. Sometimes it's fun to be a person, but you know when it, when it's appropriate to be a person and when it's not. <laughs> and you don't create illusions about it because the the reality is here and now, conscious awareness. So there's always this, by re- remembering this, then, you know, one can be free from, from just being bound in, into the habits, the obsessions, the addictions that we have about ourselves. Sakya Ditti, Sila Bhattabharamasa is, uh, they oftentimes interpret that uh, as clinging to rites and rituals. And then the, the Western monks and nuns, they, we have this conceit, well, we're not attached to rites and rituals. You know, we could just as well not even bother with the chanting. Incense? You don't need to do that. Light the candles, Buddha rupas. Poof, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any sila Bhattabharamasa. <laughs> you don't have to become a monk or a nun. Just be mindful, that's it. Mm. And uh, so this is, uh, this is, but this is, this is another kind of sila Bhattabharamasa, isn't it? Conceit and, uh, and uh, because we're, you know, we're not brought up in the, <coughs> with ceremonies, Buddhist ceremonies and traditions, we can just easily just say, uh, superstition and dismiss it. But that's another, that's a kind of ditty, isn't it, a conceit that that we're quite capable of believing in. So I'd like to put Sila Bhattabharamasa as clinging to conventions out of ignorance. Like, So it's like cultural conditioning. We get our conventional identities and assumptions and values from our culture. So there's from very materialistic culture, which the ceremonies are not they're just superstition. So we cling to that view of what oftentimes the culture conditions us to think, the assumptions we make from it. So that's where you're getting behind the cultural conditioning also with awareness. Cultural conditioning arises in thesis. and the assumptions we have from being culturally conditioned, and then the wichikita, the doubting. This is a very interesting one. Doubt. What is doubt? You know, so you... It's a not being sure, uncertain, insecure. And, of course, the... This is uh, most of most human beings don't like this. They want to know. They want answers to questions and solutions to problems. We feel very 
feel at ease when we're not sure of something or we don't know something, we should. Very upsetting to us. What's going to happen in the future, you know? What's going to happen to to uh, Britain in the future? What about the um, environmental problems? What will... <laughs> there's so many things that to to worry about or doubt and so that the doubting is I, I, you know is, is a technique I've actually used for awareness being deliberately doubting in order to observe <coughs> this state of insecurity uncertainty because it's quite empty you know, when you're n unsure and you don't have an immediate answer or solution, you're in a state of kind of suspended animation or uh, kind of a non-plussing of the thinking process. So it's like in these techniques of self-inquiry, like who am I, you know, this is question, who am I as a doubt, it's a question, a question mark, who am I, and there's a, then I want an answer, don't I? Who's the answer to the question? But for that moment then, that you ask the question, there's a doubt, or say, I've used it for every kind of thing, where, uh, where's my umbrella now? <laughs> did I switch off the light in my bedroom? And then mine goes into, I'm not sure. And I'm aware mainly of, of observing this, not knowing, having this sense of doubting. So you're, you're consciously aware of how you, you know, when you think, you doubt. Thinking, the thinking process uh, creates doubt. You think too much, you doubt all the time. If you think too much about anything, you can't do it. <laughs> Isn't it? You can, because you can always be uh, paralyzed by doubts. So doubting then is wichikita uh, is the third better. This is. Uh, from a attachment to thinking. So that's why deliberate thinking, intentional thinking, I'm not trying to to stop thinking, eradicate or destroy the thought process, but to free ourselves from blind attachment, ignorant attachment to our thinking habits. So in this, uh, now when these when these three fetters are seen through, you know, it's a very clear map actually. This Theravada style is very well laid out with four noble truths, and then you've got ten fetters and four stages. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a very very good map. How to use this map? You know, so so that you can actually 
you know, it, it helps you rather than just gives you more views and opinions about Buddhism. So the, the suggestion I'm making this morning is, you know, encourage you to use the map and and then to and how to, you know, so that you know it actually might, you know, you find ways of of understanding, of seeing through, uh, of getting perspective on the conditioning of your mind. So like this, which First three fetters, when these these are no longer obstructions, then that you know the path. You know, because you're not creating these artificial conditions into your consciousness. You'll never see the path that way. You'll never know. You'll always be uncertain and uh, and, and caught in this artificial realm of culture, ego, and thinking. So, and rather than just trying to suppress all this, you 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 confront it, you observe, investigate it, the thinking process, the ego, the cultural assumptions, the prejudices uh, of our particular cultural conditioning, the the assumptions and attitudes of right, wrong, good, and bad, not to not to criticize, but to recognize these are cultural conditioning. This is cultural conditioning. You acquire it. It's about what you get, what you're conditioned to believe in or operate from. <coughs> 